0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Two Cyberchecks podcast. You're about to join Erica and Jax for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals, while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal setting. Knowledge is power. Now. More than ever.
1: Welcome to Cyber Chicks Fam. Today we're chatting with a cybersecurity professional who broke into cybersecurity last year and is working as a junior security analyst. And she actually specializes in security infrastructure engineering. Now, today, Ashley Wicks will be sharing her journey into the cybersecurity space and provide tips and tricks for those wanting to break into the industry. And I am so excited because it's been long overdue, Ashley, to get you on this show. So we are super thrilled to have you on the show with us today. But before we really start jumping in and asking you a bunch of questions, will you take just a few minutes to kick us off by sharing a little bit about your background and how you landed your first job and got into the space?
2: Sure. Thanks, Jax. Thanks, Eka. Thanks for having me here. I am super excited to be here. So, it's a little story how I actually fell into cyber. It was back in 2019. I would say it was not unfortunate. And I actually had a fall back in 2019 at the gym on a cold winter day, on a weekend, on a Saturday, 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what I was doing. It was meant to happen. And it was just not even a bad fall. It was like a little fall. I was just doing a class at the gym and I fell and my hand dislocated. And I got up and everyone was like, you are okay. I was like, I'm okay. But then I was like starting to feeling, to going, passing out of like, yeah, you're okay. And I actually was going to pass out, found out. My hair was dislocated. And 10 minutes to into the class, I was at the hospital. And I was passing and I could feel I was flying. Anyway, cut the short story, story, a long story short. And a guy broke an elbow and a stitches, couple screws after. I actually lost the contract I was doing at that time. Back in 2019, COVID-19, all of them all together after my rehab and I was ready to come back to work. There was no work because it was COVID-19, everything's shutting down. And I was in the search mode and I wanted to do something I could grow into the next 10, 20 years and I want the progress and I hate anything in the same space for a long time. I was pretty much in the search mode and um I was doing research online and I actually, probably I fed a couple of um, websites my phone number and I got an interesting call and go, hey, I have, my past life was telco engineering slash networking. So I had the, my hands on for past eight years from 2019, uh, 2000, probably 2012. And I thought maybe uh, this call is a good one because he said, hey, you have networking background, you can actually transition to cyber security. So that was the first time I heard, okay, you can transition from that to this one. And the gentleman who actually made the call was super gentleman. I could tell it wasn't a sales call. It was a sales call slash it was looking for the right people. And I honestly spent about two hours talking to him in two sessions because I wasn't sure if I was going to do it or not but it was a core set of courses that I could do to transition to get my background ready so yeah that's how I fell this up wow. wow sorry about the long story about mm-hmm. the fall but that was that broke my whole whole me and brought me to zero and got me off the ground again
3: Ashley, I love that you remember the time, the place, everything when this (laughs) happened. I actually loved the story. That was great. So I'm curious, what exactly was it that striked your interest about cybersecurity? So I understand, you know, where you were, what was going on in the world, but what was it that made you think, huh, maybe I will give this a try?
2: Because I was saturated in telco, and like, I want something that goes into the future because I like futuristic sci-fi that's my interest right i look into 100 200 years into the future i want to contribute something and i felt like okay talking about cyber um, security that actually touches and there are a lot of new things coming into the future and i wanted to be a part of it and i want to contribute and i i want to i want to like in probably 20 30 years into the future if i look back i want to say hey that was coming up as cyber security that was not there before now. I've been a part of it and and there are cool things you can do and cybersecurity is massively domained so you can choose your domain to go into specializing yourself. I like options. And I think that's to spark my um, interest.
1: Yeah, you are definitely somebody who likes options and challenge because you and I have been talking for a few months now as like mentor mentee. You've been helping with Outpost Gray, which I'm so grateful for because you <laughs> have so much. You, you're you very creative in a lot of things. I feel like from the time that I've known you, you just have a creative mind and, and people like that can't be in something that's repetitive. Because it starts to really impact our overall quality of life. Because we need changes. I'm the same way. I need what I've started to realize, too, is I kind of need some stability with uncertainty. Like, there needs to be a balance there. But I used to live in a place of just uncertainty, which is kind of cybersecurity, let's be honest. A lot of uncertainty. I'm curious for you, like coming into the space, there's a lot of challenges that we see. We see, you know, at least within the United States, just so the listeners know, Ashley's actually in Australia. So I'd love to get your take on how were those challenges for you entering the industry? And what are some top challenges that you faced when you broke into the industry? And how did you confront those?
2: The first top, like, let's say first of the top challenge challenges the experience like if you it's like the chicken and the egg option they're like seriously that's the same scenario do you have a job then you can get experience or you can't have the job if you don't have experience it's like the chicken and the egg so I had the same thing going on here but then I would say how to tackle that challenge was to get yourself certified so get yourself off the ground doing some background certification I did come to a security class because I had the networking background. I didn't know how to do those. Thankful for that, my experience, but um, that actually got me off the ground. And the other challenge was pretty much the network. Like you know, who to talk to? Who's the right people to reach out to? It's just don't ever forget that everyone else is looking for you, just as you are looking for a job. So so it's, it's just the same it's there's there's a two side to it you are looking for a job and people looking for you so that connection that bridge I didn't know how to match that bridge to like connect those two roads together that's the second one and the third one was I haven't done an interview for probably 18 years I didn't know how to face for an interview and I was super friendly I thought okay this is this is the way I'm going to go and it worked. Trust me, That I thought it was a challenge. I didn't know how to face an interview, but it just worked. But then you had to interview the company that you're going to join to join into and that's something you have to be mindful of, what you really want to do, who you really going to work with. If you know what you are looking for, it's really easy for to work. So I think you have to get your mind, your background ready, technicality or whatever you want to specialise in and then go to your network and then third, be clear of what you really want to do into the future, about 10, 20 years. So it makes life so much easier.
3: Yeah, that's, that's great. Those are great tips, honestly. Great insight, too. And this is a question that Jackson and I get all the time. Hey, I'm wanting to break into the industry. What should I be doing? So you mentioned getting your background ready, getting the technical specifications ready. So Security Plus is something. I mean, that was one of the first exams that I ever took. Curious. What was your study technique for that? D- Were there any resources that you leveraged, any timing that you gave yourself, any tips or tricks around your study mechanisms for anybody listening yes. that is wanting
2: to do the same? Yeah, Sally. So, so I pretty much get myself hyped up first. Like I need to like it to remember. I have to make it fun before I try to cram information in my head. So... I look at videos that gets me hyped up. The things, the cool things you can do with the knowledge of the tools you're gonna learn in that course, you go with your object domains and you see, ah, so far, and see how you can secure your data in transit. The cool things you can actually do when you actually work in the industry, that gets you hyped up. Yes, I can do stuff and I know these things. And then you want to learn because you can apply those later. So that was my first technique. Just to get myself talked into the course, and then I will actually go through the whole course, skim through, and then go into details, pretty much like every diamond, every topic, just knowing that out, and then you don't have to remember because you just know. I will test my uh, capacity. Some days my memory is so fresh and so good, and I will go hard at it. And I know when I saturate my brain and I stop. And research and pick it up again when I want to. But if I set my goal, say about in two months, I want to get it done. I actually got my sec class done in probably three months. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what cipher, how you use the sha one, sha two, all these cool ciphers that we use, but that interest. Set. I just spent at it, like honestly, embrace the whole thing and I want to learn it, I want to pass it. And, and I did summaries and I did actually learn and write. I read and write. So I take my own notes. So when I see things in my handwriting on a paper, that's like a photographic memory going into your brain. That helps as well. And I did a lot of quizzes and test myself. And if I find out, okay, I'm too little too weak. I'm not so good. And I'll go back, redo that section until I feel confident. So I will always over over prepare, and and that way I can land the right result that I want to uh, get to. So yes. actually, was
3: it sounds like self awareness is a is a big thing here, like knowing when you need a break, how much to study, how hard. I think like giving yourself a deadline is probably really really key, just to give mm-hmm. yourself like, hey, I'm going to take this in three months time, four months time. You know, for some of our listeners that like work a full-time job on top of this their timeline may look different right and their motivators may be different mm-hmm. and it sounds like the you know the the study mechanisms are very much specific to the person so for you you're you know you're reading you're writing your own notes some people just need to do quizzes over and over again so it just really depends um but your your study tips are really helpful here i have one other question around the interview prep so Sounds like that is a really scary part for a lot of people, especially entering a new field that they don't know. What does the interview process look like? Is there anything that you did in particular to like hype yourself up for the interview process or prep?
2: Yes, I will go. I want to I wanna join a good company with a good cause. That was so important to me. And the people I work with will really pave my future into the five years, 10 years, 20 years, So. I was super specific about who and what team I was going to join in. So I'll go have a look, what what is the company's value? And if it resonates with you, if you if you go, okay, that is that is in line with what I actually value in my life. So you pretty much interview the company just as much just as much they interview you. Don't forget that. So they need you just as much as you want them. So don't forget, don't be desperate. And be. when you're desperate, you actually close a lot of portals for you. Communication portal will get most of the time closed because you're desperate and you just want the job. That's the only thing you focus. Don't focus on that because if things are right, uh, if the background and everything else is right, it's going to be your job. So don't forget about that part. I always go, okay, these people are my best friends. They want me. So that's my main focus. They want me, and I had to show them why they should have me in their team. And then you talk to it, and your intuition, and your words, and everything flaws. And and if they're not right people, you won't be able to communicate properly. And it's not a loss. It's just an experience. So, yeah, and just see them as best friends and talk naturally, see what you can do, the magic you can do. And be confident about yourself because you are a prize and you're skilled and you got what, you, what they need and they're looking for it.
1: I have a follow up question to that, Ashley, because you're military, right?
2: I was enlisted. I could not really get into it, and I was a reserves telco engineer for Australian Army. I was working full time, yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to give back something to the country and. Yeah, that was, that was there were a couple of hurdles for me to keep going, but that was a good experience. But I got, I got to have faith after training, uh, the victory training. I did a little bit of weapon training as well. Oh my God. The weapons are so heavy when you had to do the training all day. And yeah, yeah, that was good. It was good.
1: And um, that's where you got yeah. your telecom experience was in the military. That's where you started.
2: Uh, that's where I start. No, that was halfway. I started my telco journey back in 2012 and I joined the Royal Australian army to keep going back in 2016, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That helped
1: as well. Do you think that being in the military helped with building your confidence and knowing your worth? Because that's what you were kind of talking about on the interview side is really stepping into who you are and your worth and not coming in with an ego, but being able to know your worth and sell yourself, but also knowing that you're interviewing them. And do you feel that the military being in that role helped with your confidence to be able to do that?
2: I definitely think so. The training we went through was hardcore. That actually builds up, boosts up your confidence, what you can do, what you can't do, what your limitations. And hell yeah, that was a really hard training I've done. Like honestly, the worst and the best boot camp after I finished it. I was like, I was missing the whole of it. And I hated the whole time I was there, but I was missing after.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Wow. That's awesome. I can't even imagine how tough your guys boot camp is. That's amazing. Well, good for you. I love that. I just had to throw that in there because that was something I I wanted to highlight that you were a veteran. You've gone through that. And on top of it, you got those additional skills that Helped you get into cybersecurity. So today, as we're talking, you're in cybersecurity. Yay! Uh, a, a journey, yeah, a journey and an accomplishment that so many people today listening to this are working through right now. Like it's a challenge for a lot of people. What do you enjoy most now about being in this space? Now that you've made it over and you're in the community, how is it going for you?
2: Because I was a so freshie breaking into cyber. I I haven't been a junior for a very long time, but the company I joined has the good values. I'm not gonna name drop, but it's such a good, human company. It comes to the place of what we talked before, like you you interview the company just as much. They interview you in the interview process and um, they actually practice the values that they talk about the company. And I had the best welcome into the team and that was so comforting. And because I was a junior, they gave me the opportunity to go test water in different domains in cyberspace in our company. That was, like, the best thing ever because I, I didn't get pigeonholed in the first couple of weeks and, okay, this is where you're going to go, this is what you're going to do. And they did not dictate that. They said, hey, Ashley, just test your water. They gave me opportunities and I could test water in different areas like, okay, GRC space and then security operations and security infrastructure. My mentor was in security infrastructure and the cool things he was doing while I was watching when I joined last year, it inspired me. The background knowledge that he had, he had a lot of experience and I enjoyed watching it. And I I pictured myself doing those things. And now I'm working on a lot of infrastructure engineering with another wonderful mental and he's enjoyable to work with and inspires me he has faith in me all the whole totality of it how we start how we actually plan what we're gonna do and then have fun doing it and then hit the results and you actually celebrate the whole thing that is just so important to me joy is my first factor in my life i have got four values joy grace care and progress when I have all those four, when I doing tasks, like it doesn't matter how small or big or experienced person or a junior, it's just a whole daily comes into place. And it's just, it's just that everything I do in my team, honestly, I freaking have fun and I love it doing it. So, yeah.
3: Oh, that's so great. I, I'm like, I'm feeling like so hype right now. Ashley, everything you're saying resonates with me. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I love to feel that way. I think it's super important to keep us motivated. So quick question about mentorship. So do you have any tips and tricks for finding the right mentor? Have you navigated maybe having a mentor that wasn't the right fit and you know shifting focus to find
2: one that you know did help you out?: I'm going to go back to the the say that I probably used before. You work with what you got, but you never stop searching for what you are looking for. It's a journey. You work with what you got and you keep eye on what you want. So when you know what you want, when you are clear of your intention, it'll find a way, but meantime, you do work with what you got. So that's what I did with all my mentors. I don't know if for some reason I had really wonderful mentors. Have I said mentors or mentors? Yeah. That's, that's the key. I'm, I'm just going to say that's the key. Just work with what you got. If they're offering, okay, let's do this. And this is what we can do. And some mentors go, like, okay, what do you want to do? Let's work with what you got. And if somebody goes, okay, this is what I've got. Do you want to work with it? And you just do it. If you have to change your mentor, change it. And a little fall off, that's okay. Keep going. Have many mentors. Like I've got one from the uni, and I probably got two or three at work. And not an official mentors as well. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I like that. Con- I like that mindset. I, I want to add to what you're talking about on the behalf of work with what you've got. And I think a critical thing too is know the source of the feedback, like know, understand their background and know that you can learn something from anybody, even the worst person in your life. You can learn what not to do from a terrible leader, for example. And so it's recognizing that you can grow from what you have, but still searching out. I love that, but still searching out what you want to achieve and accomplish through your mentors and having a lot, having like many, as you say, I like that idea, because if you have one or two, you you've really just kind of isolated yourself. But if you have many, you may not like everything they're saying. But just remember to trust the source of the information that they're providing. And I think that's really important. I love that. Great, great pointers, great tips and tricks on that.
3: All right, Ashley. Well, we're running at close to time. And I want to sneak one other question in here. And that is, what has been something that's surprising
2: to you of this space that maybe you didn't expect before? Okay, because the cybersecurity in an organization looks like a firewall to the other teams, right? That's like a huge surprise to me because what we do as a security team in an organisation is to look after you all. And and it's like, yes, we have a big mansion and you are doing wonderful things in different corners of the house in the mansion. But if you don't have a door locked or a fence locked and someone's looking after that, so people can walk in and take things and walk out. That's that's like the simplest way of why we are putting the meshes around the beautiful things we are building in, in an organization. So just the how other people perceive you as a security member or uh, why we are putting security controls is not seen as how it is and it's not being valid for its value. That was a big surprise for me. So that was like a big shock to me how organizations are taking security teams or security measures because they see that as blocker, not a safer way to get things done in the long run. So that was such a shock to me.
1: Yeah. It's such an interesting point because being in the space, you wouldn't think that that would be a friction area for an organization because it's so common sense for us. But then you get into the space and you're like, oh, this is an area that's hard to sell to leadership and they don't understand how important security is, much less even doing their uh, compliance properly, which are not the same thing as security and compliance, but you can't even get an organization to do compliance. They'll self-attestation saying they've you know, they've got all their controls in place, but really they don't, they just kind of shrug it off. It's so, yeah, it's a very, I love that point. It's a very interesting space before we wrap up though, Ashley, because we could keep talking for a long time on this topic. Cause I love it. How can our listeners be able to contact you maybe for mentorship or tips and tricks on breaking into the industry? What is the best way, email or a social media platform?
2: I would say LinkedIn would be the best way at the moment. And I am super active or try to be super active at least in LinkedIn. So you can reach out to me in LinkedIn anytime and I will try to do the best I could do. So, yeah.
1: I love it. You heard it here, everybody. Ashley Wicks, reach out to her, like her, follow her, message her. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the
0: show today.
2: Thank you, Tate, for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Cyber Chicks podcast with Erica and Jax. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.